My name's Greg Knapp, and this is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. The $3.5 trillion spending bill, really more like $6 trillion plus, and are you ready to pay for things like tree equity? <laughs> what? I'll explain. The kids are not all right, more segregated dorms and threats to free speech on college campus. Biden gets a booster shot and throws away the science on herd immunity. And are you ready to see your electric bill double? All that and wait till you hear why over 100 Americans are still stuck in Afghanistan. All coming up on the Greg Knapp Experience. Let's go. So $3.5 trillion spending package over 10 years. Well, a lot of the stuff in there is supposed to be three to five years. It's going to last a lot longer than that. Have you ever seen a government program not continue, especially when it's something like a child tax credit? Of course it's going to. So you run these things all out for 10 years. We're really talking more like $6.5 trillion. When you throw in some stuff that the Senate has done, and then you throw in the $400 million that'll be added, to $400 billion, I think it is, to service the debt. We'll get, we'll get into all that. But I mean, all those numbers, come on. It's, it's not going to cost anything. Joe Biden already told you. They're going to raise taxes to pay for it, so it's free. Wait, if you raise taxes, doesn't that cost something? Well, only the people paying the taxes. The rest, <laughs> don't worry about it. Remy Numa, Fox Business, has some good pieces on this. Nearly $79 billion will go to the IRS. $12 billion for electric cars. $3 billion for tree equity. What's tree equity? I, they don't define it. Although, the American Forest defines tree equity as a tree planting program that identifies the cities that can gain the most significant health economic, and climate benefits by increasing tree canopy in places of high need. Is that the federal government's job? Well, no, but that's a whole other issue we'll get into in a minute. Then we move on to a billion dollars to turn government facilities into high-performance green buildings and, of course, new funding for gender identity issues and bias training. <laughs> Four billion for neighborhood access and equity grants. Again, they don't explain what that means. An electric vehicle charging equity program. They love this equity. Yeah, they like equity instead of equality. Equality is everybody gets the same chances under the same laws. Equity is we're going to get equal outcomes. Not necessarily equal inputs, but equal outcomes. That's not equality. That's central planning by our government, which most people call socialism, which always ends well, usually with people getting shot. But hey, oh, I'm sure this time it'll be different. Mm-hmm. How about the Civilian Climate Corps? $7.5 billion for a bunch of young people to run around doing make-work projects, acting like they're saving the planet. That'll be great. I'm sure we won't waste any money on that one. $5 billion for environmental and climate justice block grants given to disadvantaged communities. $1.4 billion in climate change research, because we haven't done enough on that. $300 million for the federal government to conduct more efficient and effective environmental reviews. You know, by hiring more people and buying more stuff. $12 billion to buy electric cars and related infrastructure for the federal fleet. $7 billion towards upgrading the U.S. Postal Service to electric vehicles. <laughs> I would have gotten your mail on time, but I ran out of electricity. Oh, uh, well, they, I mean, it's just another excuse and they need one because I haven't gotten my mail on time lately. Oh, unions. How about this? Unions, something that most of us don't even participate in. You're going to have to give them a deduction. Taxpayers who are in the union will get a deduction of up to $250 for the dues they pay to their labor organization. So wait a second. All of us are going to pay for one type of organization that typically benefits one political party that most of us aren't a part of? Yeah, that's it. Uh-huh. 
up to $5 million for electronic voting systems to help the union elections. What does that have to do with the federal government? Oh, absolutely nothing. Figuring out the true cost of the bill will take time, though, because the bill weighs in at 2,465 pages. 2,465 pages. I'm sure there's no waste in that at all. Nancy Pelosi was like, well, where could you possibly cut this bill? Where? Give me a pen. The 3.5, I'm not even done. The 3.5 trillion socialist blueprint for America. DeRoy Murdoch does a good job running this down. And he says, the Club for Growth Foundation counts $3.6 trillion in new taxes in the bill. The biggest tax increase since 1968. A couple extra ones that are in there. An annual methane emissions tax that could cost dairy farmers about $6,500 per cow. <laughs> I'm sure that won't impact us at all. Tax credits for university environmental justice programs, a billion bucks. $1,500 tax credit on electric bicycles. Bicycle. Electric. You can pedal it. $1,200 tax credit for green doors. I've got some green paint. That's a little different. And... Windows and skylights, $15 billion total. Individuals with incomes of up to $200,000 could collect $82,000 in federal housing down payment subsidies. And, of course, free college. <laughs> okay. and So now we get to this point of where does the federal government get off thinking it should be doing all of these things? And every time I talk about this, I have the far-left liberals tell me, well, it's the general welfare clause. And the general welfare clause says you can do whatever you need to do for the general welfare. So there's really nothing the federal government can't do, which totally flips the entire point of the Constitution on its head and the entire point of this federal government in the United States of America. The whole point was to limit the power that the federal government has and to leave the powers in the hands of the people in the states, to keep it as close to the people as possible, to make sure that we didn't have some huge, sprawling government beast that was sucking us dry. And yet that's exactly what the left says it was supposed to be. I, they don't even understand what the enumerated powers are in the Constitution. There are 18 enumerated powers. Everything else is left to the states. Article 1, Section 8, go read it, is very specific. It's basically about uh, taxes and money and paying for stuff and protecting the nation with an army and a navy. And basically everything else is left to the states. And then you go to, well, what about the general welfare clause? Yeah. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises, to pay the debts, and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. Ah, see? General welfare. Well, you go to James Madison, the father of the Constitution, and he wrote in Federalist 45 that that would be flipping the meaning of this on its head if you think that the general welfare clause means you can do whatever you think would help and just expand the government to a crazy amount. He said, this is not an indefinite government but a limited government tied down to the specific powers. During the Virginia ratification debates, Edmund Randolph explained to Patrick Henry, in the general constitution, its powers are enumerated. Is it not then fairly deducible that it has no power, but what is expressly given it? For if its powers were to be general, an enumeration would be needless. Right? So, in other words, why would you have enumerated powers if the general welfare clause could mean whatever the heck you wanted it to mean? Then we go to Madison, 1792. He said, the general welfare clause was added to instruct the federal government in the purpose of the limited powers being delegated. So the central government would use those delegated powers for the union as a whole rather than for the benefit of one state over 
the other, right? So general welfare means generally for the nation, not just general welfare because generally it'll make somebody feel better in New York or California or Texas or Florida. So here's what he wrote, quote, with respect to the words general welfare, I have always regarded them as qualified by the detail of powers connected with them. To take them in a literal and unlimited sense would be a metamorphosis of the Constitution into a character which there is a host of proofs was not contemplated by its creators. We need to teach this to everyone. If your child doesn't know it, teach them. If you've got a neighbor that doesn't know it, teach them. You've got to understand it's a limited government or else the whole thing collapses. And this bill is not limited at all. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, uh, follow, subscribe, share, review it, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, tell three friends to tell three friends and be part of the movement to help grow the program and the podcast. We appreciate it. And by we, I mean me, because it's just me. <laughs> All right. Free speech shocker. This is from Bethany Blankley. There's a new survey out. This is by the Foundation for Individual Rights in Education, College Pulse, and Real Clear, Real Clear Education. They looked at 37,000 students at 159 of America's largest and most prestigious campuses, and there was some bad news on free speech. Nearly 25% of the students said it's acceptable to use violence to shut down what they determined to be a controversial speaker. The number jumps to almost 50% at several of the elite women's colleges. Use violence to tell people they can't talk. Shout them down. Not just shout them down, sorry. Beat them down. 66% of the students say it's okay to shout down a speaker to prevent them from speaking on campus. Wow, think about that for a second. Well, Greg, what about hate speech? You've got to be violent and everything to stop hate speech. Listen, the First Amendment for free speech is about speech you don't like. It's about the speech that hurts your feelings. It's about the speech that just drives you nuts because otherwise you wouldn't need the First Amendment. If everybody's speech was just nice and rosy, then you don't need the First Amendment. There's a lot of things people say that I don't like, but they have the right to say them. You know, we used to say, I abhor what you say, but I will defend to the death. You're right to say it. Now we're like, well, I'll just shout you down. No, no. Look, Laws are set up to punish actions, including inciting a riot, um, including threatening to kill somebody, but not saying things that other people don't like. You're allowed to do that in America. You're allowed to be an idiot and a moron. You're even allowed to say horrible, hateful, racist things in America. I don't like it. I wish you didn't believe that, but it's not against the law and it shouldn't be because you have to have free speech in order to debate this stuff and win arguments and convince people and not have it go in the dark and then all of a sudden you got some kind of creepy, crazy Nazi in a basement killing people. No, man, you gotta get this stuff out. Peaceful protest of these things. Sure, you don't like somebody coming to your campus? Protest outside, have your signs and everything, but you don't get the right to shout them down and you certainly don't get the right to beat them up. That's un-American and it's wrong and it's actually a crime. But we've got 25% of students think it's okay to be violent. 66% think it's okay to shout them down. Whew. Joe Biden got a booster shot. Did you see it? Oh, man, it was great. He he was given a speech, and then he went to get a shot, right? right sit down on his chair, you know, and he forgot to put his mask on. He's like, oh, no, I got to put my mask on. Uh, didn't you just have your mask off to give the speech? Well, yeah, but now I'm getting my booster shot. Yeah, by a doctor who also has a mask on and you're still way away from us. Why are you putting a mask on? Get this person out of here. 
I told you that the, our press isn't very well behaved. So he, he puts a mask on for no apparent reason. And then he gets his shot and they're asking him questions. And he said, we're giving, a, we're giving foreigners well over, I'm quoting here, a billion, 100 million shots and continue going. I tried to look up what a billion, 100 million was and my calculator broke. So I'm, I'm not sure what that is, but I think it's a lot. Then he was asked, hey, what percentage of the population needs to be vaccinated before we return to normal? Now, if you remember, Anthony Fauci first said, you know, 50 to 60 percent. And then he said, well, really more like 70 percent. And then he said, oh, OK, well, really 75 percent. And then he admitted that he lied at first because he didn't think we could handle it. But now when Joe Biden's asked that, uh, 97 to 98 percent. Wait, what? Yeah, 97. And he goes, you know, one thing's for certain, a quarter of the country can't go unvaxxed based on what science? We don't need science anymore. We got Joe Biden. Come on. The man's trying to take care of you. And in Boston, CBS is reporting, the State Police Association of Massachusetts, known as SPAM, that's kind of an unfortunate nickname, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it is. Dozens of their troopers have submitted their resignation papers as a result of the COVID vaccine mandate by the state. See, if you don't show your proof of vaccination by October 17, you can be fired. So some are just quitting. And about 20% of the state police employees are not vaccinated. Dozens of troopers have already submitted their resignation paperwork. Some plan to return to other departments who offer more reasonable alternatives, such as mask wearing and regular testing. The state police already critically short-staffed. And not just police. How about hospitals? Hospitals and nursing homes around the U.S. bracing for worsening staff shortages as state deadlines arrive for healthcare workers to get vaccinated. Yeah, I'm sure glad we're doing this. There can't be any bad fallout from forcing people to do things that they don't want to do with their body. No, not at all. Emma Colton taking us back to the college campuses and, oh, this is a high school. A teacher in Washington state ordered to take down a pro-police flag in her classroom. She was told it was a political symbol, could make people uncomfortable, controversial. Her, her brother is a police officer, so she put it up there, put pictures of him around the flag. There were, there were flags and, and signs about Black Lives Matter in the school. So she's like, so surely I could put this up too. Nope. Nope. First, she was in trouble for having a thin blue line sticker on her laptop. They said, well, I guess that's okay. And then she put up the flag and an assistant principal ordered the flag to be taken down. HR wrote a letter to her that they were highly concerned about the impact of this political symbol on students, staff, and families of Marysville Middle School. Oh, it's a middle school. Sorry. The district told the teacher to refrain from using the thin blue line flag symbol or she may face further disciplinary action. Okay, so the Black Lives Matter flag is not a problem. But she's flying a flag to support her brother, not anti-anything, pro her brother and pro police, which you would think we like our police, right? No, ACAB, all cops are bastards, says Black Lives Matter and Antifa. All? Yeah, all. All means all. Oh, okay. So if someone infers something from her flag that she did not intend, then it's her fault. You know, some people say that about the American flag. So she removed it. She feels bad about it. Multiple teachers have removed American flags from their classrooms in recent days. One in the Portland area removed it because, quote, it stands for violence and menace and intolerance. And I will not fly that flag in my room. So that teacher, no problem. She can take that. But you can't put up a police 
pro flag. And it's not just there. College campus, Arizona State University. Some students, two, two white students, were studying in the school's multicultural center. What? Isn't white part of multicultural? No, no, it's not. Then because of the laptop sticker, Police Lives Matter, some of the other students were very upset. They claimed that the white students were displaying imagery of white supremacy and white nationalism. Police Lives Matter means that? All cops are white? No. Saying police lives matter now equals white supremacy, according to these groups. Listen to all these different groups we have at ASU. One group called Mecha de ASU claimed the two white students had provoked the other students by displaying their white nationalist symbols and slogans. You know, police lives matter. A space that is meant to uplift and center black, indigenous, and people of color was transformed into a white nationalist soapbox. We are raising and educating fascists because that's all that is, is fascism. The idea that we are segregating people now, that we're calling certain dorms um, black affinity dorms, and that we're having multicultural student union areas that really are saying white people should not come in here, that's not exactly open. You know, that's not exactly the great American melting pot. That's not exactly how you teach people to get along with each other. You know, by living together, working together, eating together, playing together, studying together, and realizing, hey, you know what? We're all human beings and we're all we're all different. We're all the same. Let's all hang out together and have a great time. No, no, we've got to separate. And if you don't, then somehow you're racist. We have totally flipped what racism means. You know, racism used to mean that you treated somebody differently based on the color. Now we're saying it's racist if you don't treat somebody differently based on their color. Great. Major de issue complained about this the video going viral because then some people were mad at the um, Hispanic students. Look, it's wrong when anybody harasses anybody or doxes anybody, but good grief, can we stop? No, we can't stop it. Because then the group called on the university to defund the ASU police, and they want those two white students expelled and a ban on police lives matter stickers. See, so there goes free speech right out the window. Yep, absolutely. And they should have the right to remove any students from their space that they see fit to do. So we're back to segregation. We're back to fascism. I'm so glad we're moving forward, aren't you? The school's undocumented students for education equity, I'm not making that up, undocumented students for education equity released a similar statement against the two students. So we've got a group for people who are here illegally getting a taxpayer-subsidized college education complaining about two students who support the police. Only in America. Oh, man, oh, man. The Students for Socialism student group described the video showing these two students with the Police Lives Matter sticker as a place where two racist men attacked BIPOC students. Who knew a pro-police sticker on your laptop could be so violent? Hmm. And finally, Western Washington University creating segregated housing specifically for black students. They have designated the fourth floor of Alma Clark Glass Hall as housing reserve for its Black Affinity Housing Program. Black Affinity Housing residents, representing all diverse identities, pride themselves on fostering a sense of belonging for all residents by creating a safe environment for open, honest, and sometimes challenging dialogue. <laughs> yeah, want to bet? I'm sure that's open, honest, and challenging dialogue. It's, uh, it's going to be so totally one-sided. The university hosted a webinar in April on the subject, saying the segregated living space 
gives students the opportunity to live in a shared space with others who have a shared identity, specifically a marginalized identity, and that the black student organizations and black applicants to the school have called for the housing program and defended the move. It's not breaking ground on something new. No, that's true. I mean, segregation is old. <laughs> and it's spreading. University of Colorado at Boulder, Stanford University, Cornell University. Man, I, I, I call me, I'm an old school Martin Luther King Jr. anti-racist that says you treat everybody the same. No, 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 Greg. You treat everybody the same. That just shows your white supremacy. I'm living in bizarro world. Everything up is down. Climate policy. Wall Street Journal has a great piece on this on what's happening in Europe. Because in the past decade, the UK and Europe have shut down coal plants. Uh, Britain has only two left. Spain has shut down half its coal plants just last summer. They spent trillions on subsidizing renewables, right? But the renewables aren't providing the power they need because the sun goes down and the wind isn't blowing as much. So they're going back to gas and coal for backup power, but they don't have enough. So they've got to go to Russia to get it. And guess what? How about this? Increased global demand has caused the price of coal to triple and the price of natural gas to increase 500% over the last year. Then you got Europe's cap and trade scheme. That's pushing prices even higher in Europe. Europe more dependent on Russia. The UK and Germany have banned fracking. Several UK retail electricity providers have collapsed. Energy experts warn that some German power suppliers are in danger of going insolvent. Germany's energy prices, you ready? Already the highest in Europe. Because of their reliance on renewables, Germany's electricity prices have more than doubled since February. Are you ready for your electric bill to double? Because if you let the Democrats and the so-called Green New Deal type stuff go through, we will be Europe and we will see our electricity rates double, probably more than double, especially when you throw in these new electric cars where we're supposed to not even be able to make gasoline cars in the next five to 10 years. Everybody comes home from work. Everybody plugs their car into the wall. What do you think is going to happen to the electric grid when the sun's down and the wind isn't blowing? Skyrocketing power prices have caused UK steelmakers to suspend production. Yeah, see, energy is the lifeblood of the economy. You don't have enough energy and you can't produce things. You know, you, you can't make steel. You can't, you can't even farm. You, can, you need energy for everything. There will be more bailouts as European energy demand heats up this winter. Their energy woes will only get worse in the coming years as governments push harder to purge fossil fuels. Hey, back home in the U.S., natural gas prices have doubled since the spring. Coal power plants are scrounging for fuel. You know, under Trump, we became not just energy independent. We were the largest producer of oil in the world. We were the largest producer of natural gas in the world. We were exporting energy like never before and making money on it. Now, Biden and the Dems come in. They're reversing everything that was done under Trump. We're, our gains are being reversed, killing jobs and increasing energy costs. And of course, that's all going to keep getting worse and worse, making us more dependent on countries who really don't like us. That sounds like a great plan. And finally, how about this? The Pentagon is reporting on why we still have over 100 Americans in Afghanistan. Just the news reporting. Senior State Department official said Monday, an estimated 100 U.S. citizens are still waiting to leave Afghanistan. I've heard estimates are actually up to 1,000. The biggest constraint to the departure of our citizens from and others from Afghanistan remains the Taliban's unpredictability regarding who is permitted to depart. Wow, wait a second. You mean... 
leaving the Taliban in charge of Afghanistan and the Taliban in charge of when Americans can leave is unpredictable? Huh. Somebody should have told Joe Biden. My name is Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.